0: ourselves He said Dave Robinson was a launch Taylor before there was a launch Taylor. Turn somebody's head off. How's that? Play some football. This whole goal was, that's their ball. Why do you have my ball? We want it back. Defense isn't to stop it, dude. Defense is to get the ball and score. And God help those that are going to stop us from doing what we're supposed to do. Down he goes. Pressled down by big number 89, Dave Robinson. Meredith takes the
1: ball. Rolls out to the
0: right. He's going to be
1: there.
2: A
0: pass away. And it's intercepted in the end zone. Dave Robinson nailed Don Meredith as he attempted to throw that pass. It was intercepted in the end zone by Tom Brown, and the Packers have just taken the championship.
1: In his career, Robinson tallied 27 interceptions and retired in 1974 as a three-time pro
0: bowler and a member of the 1960s all-decade team. There's a great deal of responsibility and a great deal of pride on my part, and I try to
2: exemplify what what I think the Hall of Famer should be. Please welcome Dave Robinson. Welcome to Packers without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs>
3: Bienvenidos a Empacadores sin Fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay.
1: Packers Without is the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go, pack, go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte.
2: Hello, sir. Hello, this is Dave Robinson here. It is a pleasure
1: to talk to you, sir. It, my name is Matthew Larson. I am uh, I, I'm up in uh, Canada and uh I am uh, beyond a fan. I am fangirling right now, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> how are how how are you, sir?
0: I'm going fine for an old man. If I, uh, yeah, I'm, excuse me, I'm eighty-one now. But if I was 55 and felt like this, I'd be in bad shape. With my age, I'm doing pretty good.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We're excited. We've, uh, we we want to promote your uh, books and make sure that uh, people can get out there. And a uh, uh, side note, I'd also like to know how I can uh, get my uh, hands personally on a book uh, from you. Uh, Bruce was mentioning you have some uh, autographed <laughs> books, uh, and I am... Yeah. Super pumped about that! I'm sure our listeners will also be
0: very pumped about that as well.
2: Okay. Well,
0: I got I got maybe a hundred books left, and what their books are, they're uh, personally autographed by myself and uh, and uh, Herb Adderley before he passed away. And wow. uh, And it's a special it's a special book. It's got a special cover and everything else. And The other guy that, and the, and also a writer who helped us try to put the book together, Royce Boyle, all three of us wrote the signed autographs. And I got what I was gonna do, I was gonna I was gonna get a up for Bruce, like a uh, FedEx a I not FedEx, a UPS a couple as in them and then him so he can see what they like and and you know if you want them, I we'll, we'll make a deal.
2: Oh I'm I, I'm all in. <laughs>
1: I'm all in. Are you kidding? I'm all in. When when Bruce told me that uh he had a chance to speak with you I, I I shot right out of my chair and I said, You've gotta be kidding me. My uh, my my grandfather used to drive for Lambo trucking.
2: Oh yeah.
1: So like we grew up <laughs> the, the Packers there was the Packers on Sunday and there was nothing else. You know, there was just, yeah. just the Packers. And to hear the stories from my dad and my grandfather about the you know, the 67, the 68, the 69 team. And to hear stories about uh, you know how you played, how of course uh, you know uh, Bart Starr, and and uh, I, I mean I can't even think right now, but it, all the other guys and how what type of legends they were, and then now being able to go back and, and watch some of this game film and watch some of this uh, you know timeless uh, uh, football, I am uh, I am very very honored to be speaking with you, sir.
0: Well, the place is all mine. Believe me, I say I would like to have done this video tape. But I, I, like I said, I'm 81. And I can't deal with this this, this newfangled philosophy. I'd have to go to get my granddaughter and sit down with her, and she'd hook
2: us up. So I you can't do it. it you oh. know. <laughs> That's, my granddaughter's I, I like 26. To per-
1: I like to pretend like I have a lot of you know technology experience, but yeah. I use I use my 15 year old daughter for a lot of
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I remember Lam- I remember Lambo Truckee, too. I remember seeing him when I was up there. That's a long time ago. That
1: is a long time ago, yeah. He uh, he, he got out of uh, World War II, and uh, that was uh, the first job that he got right out of World War II.
2: Yeah, all right.
0: Oh. Now, well, now, now, let's see, World War II, when it ended, I was like six, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my grandfather would have been a little older than you, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: think quite a bit, yeah. yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> Mr. Oh,
0: Robinson what we talk
2: about today. Well, we want to talk about
3: you is what we want to talk about. Oh, that's, okay. This, this that's is that's all about
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Well, we want to bring the spotlight on you. We've been really pushing the last couple of months um you know with the Hall of Fame coming up. Um Papa mm-hmm. G was kind enough. He posted a video talking to you and I was like, "Oh my god, that's Dave Robinson." And you know, I reached out to Papa G on Twitter and that's how we connected. And just knowing your your career and what you did, and just the stories that you know, I, I've heard some stories from from Papa G, but I wanted to hear it from mm-hmm. you. And just your path and your career, um, just give us an idea of how it was for you growing up in that in that age of of football and your experiences. You know, let's start early and work our way towards the Hall of Fame and in your induction, but I really want to hear okay. some stories about your career because we really want people to get to know you. That's the whole idea
0: behind this. Okay. Let me start off with I saw uh, in, in high school was all got all came down. First of all, I saw the that When I was like nine years old, they had a Pop Warner League. And I went to it, my dad took me to the Pop Warner League and, and uh and uh they said, What do you want to play at I'll be a four and so I carried the ball eight times, had seven touchdowns. On the eighth, on the eighth one, some guy tripped me and had, and he caught it back. He got a penalty for it. Anyway, then the next week, my bad dad took me back to again and they said, nah, Dave is too big to play with these nine year olds. He's got to play with the 12 year olds. And my dad said, no way. He said, well, he's weight. They said, my dad said, I don't care if he's a thousand pounds. He's not going to play with somebody that's 40, 25% older than he is or 33% older than him. And so I didn't play pop one of the league football. So I didn't play football. I started playing soccer and then in junior high school and I got the ninth grade my first time for organized football. If all those people saw for the first time, don't feel embarrassed because I didn't know how to put a jock strap on over my hip pads. I thought the hip pads went right around to protect your tailbone. I put it around front to protect my private parts. I didn't know. To, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to hug your dress. Anyway, I, I, but then. And I've been, I've been playing a, a sandlot ball with my brother who's two years older than me and his, and his buddies. And so I, I they, these guys are older than me and I was playing with them. My dad, the little bit of my dad, though, but they're playing tackle football with no pads. And when I started playing high school freshman football, I said, these guys are a bunch of pansies. They should have to try and, they should have to play against Carl Chapman and Andy Adams. Those guys, they're the guys who beat me up all the time. They're three years older than me. And so I thought freshman football was a piece of cake, you know, and, uh, then, in fact, I had so much, I had so much fun that, uh, and I had that the varsity the coach told me that he would like to put me up to play with the varsity as a freshman. But if he did, we'd have to go into another class. We were like, we were not class with other rating. We were group three. And if they, if I played, they had to count the freshmen and then we'd be a group four school. So, uh, they, they couldn't do it. But the last game of the season which was our biggest game was a Thanksgiving day game against, uh, uh, Mount Holly High School, which is Franco Harris's high school too, but Franco was 10 years behind me. Anyway, it was, we, our, our two high schools played every Thanksgiving, base game in South Jersey. And so I got to play in that big game, but, uh, my, my brother was a senior and only got in for uh, four or five plays. And my brother was sitting up, was trying to cover for me, his little brother. And he, I looked at the film, they were the worst four or five plays my brother ever played in his life, trying to protect me. But I, and I left, I left the, I left the field after Thanksgiving. I went by to see my father who was, who had been taken to the hospital. He's in the hospital. And I sat down and I talked to him and I said, well, and we talked and He said, what are you going to do now that football season is over? I said, well, I don't know. I guess just hang out. He said, well, he says, uh, I, I said, they want me to play basketball. I said, but I don't, I don't know. He said, listen, I wish you would do, I wish you'd play basketball also, because your mother worries about you coming home from school before she gets home and hanging out with some bad people. One of which, I won't mention his name, but one guy was really bad. And I said, well, I'll think about that. I said, i got to let him know on Monday. I'll, I'll let you know first thing Monday morning and Tuesday what I, I decide. Monday morning, they called and told me my dad passed away. And uh, so that bit of advice he gave was the last bit he gave me in his life. So I ended up, I went, I went to, after the funeral, I came back, and I went out for the basketball team, and I made it okay. And uh, then I was a baseball player, and I played baseball in the, in the spring. And then the uh, then my sophomore year, I was all set to play football, basketball, baseball, and uh, we had had the intramural practice where the ninth grade played against the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grades. we in the intramural practices, and the team changed. I had won the high jump and the shot put, so the track coach came on and asked me if I'd go to the South Jersey, South Jersey Championships. If I'd go and throw the shot put, you know what I mean? throw the shot put. Or the discus or a high jump. So I went and I didn't win. I know that. I I got. I think I got maybe a silver medal, with the third string, third place medal, no ribbon. And uh, the the if you got a ribbon at all in a state meet at my high school, you automatically got a letter. So I ended up my sophomore year, I letter in football, basketball, baseball, and track. I said this is easy. So I did my junior year. I really I just played them all. All four, just put plan on playing all four, and then my senior year, the AD set our schedule so we never had a baseball game and a track meet on the same day, so I could do both sports without any in- interference. And uh, so, in the last three years in high school, sophomore, junior, and senior, I got a total of twelve letters, twelve varsity letters. So I was on my way, and I really wanted to be a baseball player. I was, I was offered a, a minor league contract. Mainly because the scout for the Phillies lived in my hometown, and he worked that deal. And uh, and I also tried it with the Braves. They didn't offer me anything. But uh, I went to my mother and told her I was gonna I was gonna take this this baseball contract because we were poor as church mice. And I said, uh, then get 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 we get some money in the house. My mother said, you know, your father wants you to go to college, and if you sign that, you can't go to college on a scholarship. Blah blah blah. So that's why I set my scholarship to Penn State. One of the best deals, that best thing I ever did in my life. And, uh, I played, I went, and that's how I got to Penn State, and the rest is all history. I started playing, I went in there, and I played in, and had a great time in, but my, my sophomore year at Penn State, they had too many ends. they had a lot of ends, so they moved me to guard. I played offensive right guard and defensive nose tackle. You had to go both ways in those days, you know. It was one platoon football. And, uh, and I got beat up. So, but I, I, I uh, did, that did pretty well. Then, uh, halfway through my sophomore year, halfway through my, well, through my sophomore year, they lost some ends and they moved me back to tight end again. And I went out uh, in, offensive, defensive end. And, uh, I ended up the season playing in, but I still wore number 67. I came back as a junior. I had number 80. I said, oh man, that's, that's that bad. And, uh, I played in all the way, didn't wear the guards anymore. And, uh, that's kind of interesting too, because during that season, my, my junior year, that's when we, we, uh, integrated the Gator Bowl. I was the first black to play in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. And a guy was looking one day and told me, he said, I looked at that 1961, uh, uh, Penn State team, and said, I didn't see you on it. I said, you didn't see me. And I said, no. said seeing black guys here. Yeah, there's one black guy there. I said, it had to be me. I was the only one on the team that year in the challenge class. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, the uh, see, he's looking for number 89. Because by senior year, I did wear a number 89. And, uh, but it, just, it was it, it secret. An but, and, uh, I, I, I started dating my wife in high school, and, uh, and she kept said, wasn't talking about getting married. And I told her, I said, baby, if I had the money, I'd marry you tomorrow. I said, I just don't have any money. I can't marry anybody. And so, after my we started we stayed for like four years in high school, three years in high school. No, two years. That's what I've I've got long was two years and <laughs> four in college. And this is a, at my college career we I uh after I played the Gator Bowl in sixty two, the, the last one, which I was MVP, I chose M V P at the Gator Bowl that year. And I went to the Hula Bowl. And at the Hula Bowl I oh also I've been drafted by the Packers and and, and oh it's a long side I I was drafted by the Packers and they would offer me these contracts. The Packers and the San Diego Chargers were fighting who was going to give me, how much who was going to give me the most money. So I finally settled for this huge amount of money, $15,000. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not yeah. too huge
0: to about the day status. Anyway, and mm-hmm. I made one mistake. I called her on, on the way to the Hula Bowl, which paid in, uh, in uh, Hawaii over the New Year's Eve weekend and told her I just had a contract with $15,000. I sent it to the bank and I'll see you when I get back from Hawaii. I got back from high. Why I've been I've been a chosen MVP of the game because I have 170 yards in, in pass receptions and I uh, had tight end. And I saw one of my buddies kept congratulating me. I said I said thank you, but it wasn't that big a deal. They didn't know how to stop the tight end screen. We could react. I got 200 yards. They threw me more balls. He said I'm not talking about football. He said I'm talking about your wedding invitation. I got one in the mail the other day. No. Oh. While I was in Hawaii, she sent I'm winning invitations.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave her well, free I
0: him I said, <laughs> Yeah, I said, I said, I said, keep that. It's going to be a collector's item someday. <laughs> and I went down to see her. I beat her on the door. She came to the door, and I said, I'm, Hey, hey, I just saw Mel, and he told we got a wedding invitation. She said, Oh yeah, and she said, come on in. she asked those questions women always ask, you know. Well, you do love me, don't you? Yeah, baby, but but no, no, no. You were going to get married. Yeah, yeah, baby, but but. He says, uh, uh, you you uh didn't lie to me, did you? Uh, no, no, no. Anyway, I'm making all this short. Uh, and about an hour later, I was sitting there addressing envelopes <laughs> and she picked the time. And so, when we got Licking married. My, what, what's that? Licking envelopes and putting them in the mail. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Hey, in fact, she made me pay for the stamps. Oh. I knew I should have been right then and there. But that was the beginning of the end for me as indiv- an individualist. And from there on, and I was a married man. Man, when I paid for the stamps, with a wedding send the wind. Yes, those was no, no so, She had me hooked. Hey, I went, I went there, and, I, and I, then I went to. the—, the I, I, I can say all, all the, the stories, you know, because like I said. I was the first Black to play in the Gator Bowl, and I had a great game my junior year. Everybody said, you're going to be MVP. But somehow or another, they didn't vote the MVP. Now, at that time, the Gator Bowl, the two MVPs, one for the winning team, one for the losing team, automatically went into the Gator Bowl Hall of Fame, which, of course, there were no Blacks in it. If I had been elected MVP of of my junior year, I'd have been in the Hall of Fame. They took a quarterback, Gator Hall. So I was I, we back to the second year, and uh, we lost, though, to um, Florida. We beat Georgia Tech in the first one. But against uh, Florida, we lost. But I was I had a very good game. So they made me the MVP on the losing side. But they also stopped putting the MVPs in the Gatorville Hall of Fame.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. And so what was it? To make a long story, sure. Then finally, that, that was a 1960. Two, in 2006, after that, they uh, they called me and asked me if uh told me to elected to the new Gator Bowl Hall of Fame, and would I come down there and accept the, the award? And I did, and I walked into the room. You never saw so many nervous white people in your life. And then the what I was going to say when I got the microphone, and I and you know, but yeah, you know, but I, I I was, you know, I I was I, I was. I consider my, my very good upbringing from my mother and father. Yeah. So I was very polite and, and, and thankful and everything for being put in the Gator Bowl Hall of Fame. And all the things I experienced, I kept them all to myself. I give them to you, but I kept... And afterwards, I never saw many happy white folks in my life that I didn't hadn't say anything bad about that, that, that Jacksonville Jack or the Hall of Fame or the, or the Gator what? Bowl because I knew what happened. Anyway, but that was an experience in and by itself. I mean, I... I I'd, I'd never really been south of Mason Dixon line and going down there for the Gator Bowl. I, I, uh, you know, and being spending two days down there is just crazy, but it taught me something in life. And uh, when Georgia Tech, we, they came in and, oh, before the game, I tell you this, a guy sent a letter to me and it, 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 it the, it, the, the, Grip England and Joe Paterno held the letters, all my mail. So they, they sent it all and they gave it to me after the game. The guy said, I'm, I'm a, I just, I was dismissed from the army, but I had an expert rating with a rifle. And I'm going to take my gun to the game. And if that, if that big black bear is introduced on national TV, I'm going to shoot him when he runs out on the 50 yard line. So, of course, the, the, wow. didn't tell me that, but they, uh, they didn't, they told me, he said, I'd hurt, I missed a couple of games with a bad shoulder that week, that year. So they said, well, why you, why you were hurt? This guy Jim Swab played very well for the team, so we we're going to start him at tight end. And he said after the first series, you'll go back in, with, you'll be at the second team. But after the first series, you go back to the first team, and said, and, and so that's why I didn't. I had a pretty good game, man. But I, first, as soon as I got in there, this guy comes down and tried to crack back on me. I turned onto him, and I got a good forearm on him and knocked him down. And he got up and he said, "Hey, nice hit, baby," and pat me on the back. No, there's some nice guys in this Georgia Tech team. One of them anyway. A little later on, another guy came in, and I slammed him down. He said, hey, man, where to go? And I said, wow, all these guys in Georgia Tech team to be nice. I found out later, because I, I came out in 63, and Bill Curry came out in 64, that before the game, he said, Bobby Dodd, I'm on the meeting. He said, listen, you guys have probably never played against a, a black football player before. I know you never played with one. You're going to do it this you're going to do it this Saturday as gets the Penn State team and I want you to remember one thing: you were the gentleman from Georgia Tech act like it on the field, and that's what I was. I was down there for ten days, and in the ten days I was down in Florida, the only three and a half hours I felt relaxed and at ease was on that football field. It told me something right then and there. the coaches and the staff above they set the tone for a football team yeah uh, excuse my excuse my. Bad language, but I gotta say it. Shit flows downhill.
2: Yes, that's sir. it.
0: And, and, and so, and, and I know, it. and that taught me all through life. When I see things and I see situations, which I ran into over and over again, I don't look at the person doing it. I look at the person he reports to. Yeah. And that's what it, when I was, when I was in, I was with a, the Swiss brewing company. I go in, I go into a great wholesale ship. I tell him I want to ride with the truck driver. Give me one of your trucks. I ride with him. If his truck was dirty and crappy and had all the junk in it, I knew I had wholesale problems. If his truck was pristine, clean, and the guy did a good job, I knew my wholesale was on the ball because it, it all goes downhill. The, yeah. And the leadership determines it. And, and that's why when I when I ran my own company, I tried to keep it as crystal clean as I could. I knew that I was going to be the, the, the focal point of that, of that company. Anyway, I'm getting off on I'm getting off on a tangent now. Well, and you that's know. My personal life.
1: You know, I, I, am curious to, I, I mean, I heard a couple of stories, Uh, of course, uh, you know, I I did some deep research and uh, I heard a couple of stories. Uh, One of them was from a a speech from your son where he explained that, uh, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he said, uh, you couldn't even uh, stay in the hotel and the uh, coach, the coaches made uh, the hotel let you stay, but they wouldn't let you eat in the mess hall. Touch, touch, Touch upon that a little bit. What, what was
0: well, first, that like? First of, all, first of all, we had to vote to go to the Gator Bowl or not. Team did. Well, I voted no, and the coaches told I voted no because they, they didn't want to go south to Jacksonville. I voted no because we're going to that quad system. We attended three sessions a year, and three out of four. And we were going to get out like on December twelfth for Christmas vacation. And I booked a job at the with the post office during the, during the summer during the Christmas vacation. And I want to go and make money, so I just wanted to know. I want to go to the ball game. Well, they came over to me and, told me and said, "Dave, you know what you're thinking? You know, said so if we go to get Jacksonville, we're all going to stay in the same hotel. We're going to take care of you and everything. And blah 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 in here." And I said, "Okay," I said, "I don't care. I'll tell you that anyway." But my God, Jacksonville I had a no integration policy in the state of in city, integrated living. I couldn't stay at the white hotels. They couldn't stay at the black hotels. So, we ended up going to St augustine we had that's the only place it would take us we went to St. Augustine and stayed there and uh, at a real nice hotel and then when i got when I, when I was out in the street and I'm walking for the first time, this guy meets me, he's a black gentleman he lived down there in St Augustine he told me he's originally from New Jersey, and he had played baseball with my older brother baseball team and one of the school teams are one of the independent baseball teams and I was the bat boy, which I remember very well. He said, all you remember, I was going around collecting all the broken bats and take them home and repairing them. I took them and put tacks in them with the broken, not bad, and then put friction tape around to hold them together. And that's how I got my first baseball bat. And this guy took me all around. He took me to the, across the tracks, so that side of the of the place and everything else. It was just, just great. And I, uh, and, and uh, anyway, and <coughs> excuse me, one of my best friends, a guy named Bob Hart, he was a guard, and he told me, he said, "Dave, said, how come you never come downtown with us? We all go down there after practice and get hamburgers and hot dogs and whatnot." He said, "You don't come down there." I said, "No." I said, "Look, I said, well, we're in Florida. I know my place. I get with this other guy and go across the tracks, and he gets makes these great hamburger, makes the great hamburgers." He said, "Oh no, he said, this town loves us. That won't happen." I said, "Bob, I'll get embarrassed just for you." We went downtown and we walked into the, into this coffee shop. And he ordered a hamburger and a coke. I ordered a coke, and uh, the baby so thank you. Walked away. And she said, "See, see how nice she was." You were all wrong. You're wrong about that. I said, "Yeah, maybe you're right." And she bought him his hamburger and coke. And I said, "Miss, uh, I ordered coke as a, uh, a," and it said, "And uh, said, he said, oh, I forgot it." And She goes back, and he says, "See, so he said, you're just paranoid. he told me, I said, I don't know about that." She is down at the end of the counter with the coke in a 2 go cup. She said, "Sir, here's your here's your coke." I went down there and went to Paris. He said, oh, you got to pay the cashier. I went and paid the cashier. And, uh, and, and, let, and I got walked out. Let's Said he said, sir, you forgot your Coke. I said, miss, I wouldn't drink that Coke on a bet. <laughs> and I walked out. <laughs> that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't want a hamburger. See, you order Coca-Cola. That comes out of the fountain party. But you order a hamburger. They could spit on it, do anything oh, you man. want to that hamburger in the back room. And I, and, and, and I'd heard stories. Never. On not undocumented, i one There's it. just stories, rumors of different African Americans that traveled the South. They told some of these stories about what they do to your food, and you know, if they don't, in a place where they don't want you to come, if you wanna come in, come on in. And he said, don't ever. And they, they when they when they put it down and wait till you take a bite, then say, how's it taste? And they, that's a tip that they did something to it. You know, but anyway, so that's why. I did, and so he he was all he was all shocked that that happened. I said, hey, that's that's where it is. You're in the South. And, uh, but, uh, uh, he, uh, we went, we were the second, we were the second time we went down the gator where we practiced in, in Indianapolis. And, uh, again, I was, I was going to the black side of town, so to speak. And he said, I said, where are you going? I told him, I'm going to the black VFW. He said, uh, I said, come on, come on down. There. he said, well, think about said, yeah, come on down there. And he went in there and, uh, they, they treated him like he was a king. He told me he was a Penn State football player and that. And we had a great time there. And he always won. He said, why is it that, that, uh, the whites didn't want you, in fact, when we we're down there, they refused the service in Baltimore. Because I was sitting at the table with all the other football players. And he said, you can out drinking, but he's got to go. And that's when he, that's when this other guy and I went and went to the black side, I said, only with me, went to the black side town. He went in and they treated him like he was a king. He's a football player and they, oh, it, it's just great. And he said, how come it isn't? That's, that's the way our race is. They, they, they've been down trotting so long, they treat you guys great, but you guys don't treat us very, very well at all. But it was a, it was, it was a real coming up for me. I, I really learned a lot in life going down there. And, Lord and then, God. and then, and then after the game, we won the game and uh, we gave the Ball that first year. And we went, went back to the hotel, the host hotel where we weren't out, we weren't allowed to stay because I was with us. So we're just in the lobby. We didn't have room we in the lobby. We didn't put a banquet to start. And I,
2: <clears throat>
0: I saw this guy just on so the looked like he's a banger or something. Grew and talked to the black guy who was sweeping the floor. And he talked yeah. and looked over our way. And I thought, oh, so here it comes. And the black guy came to me and said, hey, listen, says, uh, uh I'm supposed to tell you, you know, you're not you're allowed to be in this lobby. You have to leave. You can't stand around the lobby. And I told him, I'm here with the Penn State team. We're waiting for the banquet to start, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, you're Robinson. Oh, yeah. It's because they've been in all the papers. Uh, and the, uh, and that I was going to be integrated the Gator Ball. And he said, yeah, he went back and told the guy, and the, the guy came over to me. Then, then the manager came over to me and said, Mr. Robinson says, uh, we got some reporters that would like to have, have take an interview with you. Could you told me to take you to the reporter's place? So I started to walk towards the elevator. Oh, no, no, he said, we're going to take a special elevator. He took me to the freight elevator. <laughs> took us oh. up to that floor. I went, I go in there and I get, I go in there with all the reporters on. They got sandwiches around and whatnot. You know how reporters are. And I think three guys actually did come up and talk to me. No one took any notes. So I know it was a sham to get me off that field, you know, off that thing, But then And, uh, it was, it, it was the whole thing. See, it, it, was a, it was a whole life-changing operation. Uh, it, we, uh, we went to, we went to the dinner. And, uh, so we were sitting down there and then they decided that they, uh, Miss, Miss Gatorball was there and they introduced the Georgia Tech team first. And, and they got up about halfway through. She started giving everybody, they get their little plaque or trophy, whatever it was, and then Miss Georgia would give them a kiss. They're kissing, so then all turned to go up, right? And we we're in line to go up. And I told the guys in front of me and back, I said, "Look, you guys are going to be disappointed, but you're not going to get kissed." And they said, "Oh," I said, "She was uh, I said, "I'm telling you, are not going to get kissed."
2: They said, "Oh, that'll
0: no. be Okay. What up. They had to walk up these steps first before he walked across the the, the the stage. When I got on the steps, she looked and saw me. The kissing stopped. Two people in front of me, they didn't get kissed. I didn't get kissed, <laughs> and the two guys behind me didn't get kissed. Boy, this we came back to the table. My buddy said that, my buddy didn't laugh like that. I said. How'd you do? We're in Florida, and I'm black. I just, just, it, it, it. And I was I with this all my life. I knew that was what happened. And it was just, it was just, it was just things like that. You know, I saw. We were riding down the highway and and in the bus going to practice, and they t- saw the cotton field people in Pennsylvania never seen cotton growers but well, the bus driver pulled over and said, Come on go and get ticket ball cotton for ticket back to Pennsylvania for it's over there. And they said, Hey, why don't you want come? I said the bus and I said, no, lay in the bus? I said, No, come on, no place. I said, Listen, my daddy told me, he said, he said, if I could keep my feet out the cotton field, he'd keep the thoughts out of my mind. And i yeah. never I promised him I'd never go to cottonfield as long as I live. And I'm not going there just you guys. So they went so I got back to the bus. They came back and they gave me a ball of cotton so I could take it back to Penn State, they picked it for me, right? I left it on the bus.
2: Accidentally, you, of course. Ha, ha, ha. You know, I can tell you from experience,
1: I can tell you from experience, Mr. Robinson, a girl that kisses that yeah. many guys, you don't want to kiss from.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, she is kissing
0: them <laughs> on the teeth, though. You just yeah, no, you got that right too, though. But it was, a <laughs> yeah. lot of, it was a lot. of things went on. You know, I mean, yeah. I, my, I was, I was, I was really growing up and leaps and bounds and experiencing what was going on and, and what my, my forefathers and people who are new for the South, what they had told me over the years, what was really the case. You know. but you know, I was chosen to go. I was, I was uh, going to be the first black football player at, at West Virginia. Well, we had a coach of West Virginia and uh, he had sat down there and, and two of the guys who played about junior year on our football team which was undefeated they went to West Virginia and uh, they, I went down there to talk to him. and the coaches were real nice that, and they offered me the sky and the moon and stars and everything else and uh, yeah. the coach made one mistake he told me he said you know I think you're talking about going to Penn State he said well you could go to Penn State or you can come to West Virginia So you can be a big frog or a little frog I don't know what I mean he said well Penn State's had a lot of black guys. You'll just be a little frog in a big pond. But if you come down here to West Virginia, you'll be the first black guy to play for us. You'll be a big frog in a small pond. I thought, oh yeah, I laughed at that. The only time I'm thinking to myself, if I go to Penn State, I can be a big frog in a big pond. <laughs> yeah. Way <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know he laid down a challenge to me. I, yeah. I, accept, I accept the challenge. Because you know Penn State had Rosie Greer and. And Lenny Moore and, and uh, oh, I can't say, oh, I can't say his name, that Titus. They had a couple there, they had black guys all up in Penn State, was the problem with you know, so I said, all been on the same team. But that's that, that's, and then I'm, I'm going back and forth again for the first super, that first Gator Bowl game. This guy I told you, told me, he played baseball, brother, he'd me around, and we were going to this little club every night. And I sat in the club, I used to drink ginger I didn't drink, I used to drink ginger ale with a with a cherry in it. So it looked like I had a mixed drink, right? Yeah. And this one guy came over to me Saturday, no, Friday night and said, hey, you got, you got to get the whole stuff drinking. He said, you, you're going gonna to play that game tomorrow, right? To integrate the game. And I said, what do you mean? He said, will be the first black to play the game. I said, no, 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 no. I'll be the only black in there Saturday I said, I won't be the first. And the guy said, huh? And he took a funny look. And he walked away and came back with a paper called the Pittsburgh Courier. Never forget it. And they called it the speech Peach Edition. P A C H Peach Edition. Okay. And on the back sheet, on the back page, in bold double bold print, it says, Robinson to integrate Gator Bowl Saturday. Man, I like this shit right on the spot. I was nervous and I told the guy to take me back to the hotel. I didn't change my ginger ale. I went back to the hotel and this is Friday night before the game. And I lay there and stayed stared at the ceiling all night. I was there, and then I got there, so I got to feel that's they told me I wasn't gonna start anyway. And I was disappointed, but and that's why when I got on the field, I was determined to play the best football I could and show them what, what kind of ball play I was. But it was just, just crazy. Oh, and going down there, all year long, I'd room with the other tight uh, end, uh, Dick, uh, shit. I can't hear now. Uh, Mike Ditka? Dick, uh, no, no, Mike Dick played at Pittsburgh. I played against him. That's, um, yeah. anyway, he we'll get into that Pittsburgh. in a little bit. We'll get into that in a little yeah, bit. Anyway. Yeah. And he, was of, he, was of, he was one of Joe Paterno's assistant coaches, in fact.
2: Hmm.
0: In fact, when he got Joe, got tired. Anyway, Dick and I have been roommates all year. When I get to Jacksonville, he wasn't my roommate anymore. I had a myself. They told me that we had three other black guys on the team, and they were coming down on the on the Thursday train, and they'd be there, and I'd have my roommate. Well, the train came and left, and I'd have a roommate. So I got a call. I called a guy. lived in Pittsburgh. And I called him. I said, Hey, man. Where are you? I mean, I got a beautiful room down here waiting for you to come down. They got a great, they set us up like, like kings. He said, man, I'm catching hell here in Pittsburgh for all my life. Why should I get on a train and ride 19 hours to Florida just to catch more hell? He said, i stay at home and watch the game on TV. So I had to move all of myself, but that was, that was just, and I, you just learned to deal with stuff like that, you know. It was, it was an interesting incident, an interesting way to chop up, you know, but, uh, and then, and then, uh, being drafted at, at the first round and being black—that was a—that was an unusual thing in the NFL. and, but, uh, and Vince, and, and not, yeah, Vince, Vince Lombardi had kind of a
1: a different idea when it came to drafting right. players. Right. He 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 seemed to see the uh, football ability other
0: than color. Yeah. yeah right. Well, you know now, that's the thing. Well, I first, met, first I went, met Ron DeMar. He told I was a Giants fan as a kid in high school. He told me, we had you penciled in for the third round. And that was what it was. The, the, the thinking in the NFL at that time was, don't draft back guys to the third round. And, and so I asked Vince about it. I, you know, I, I've always been outspoken and pretty plain. And Vince told me, said, that's what they say. And he said, well, I don't pay attention to that. I said, well, where did he get that idea? He said, well, here's the thinking. He said, If you, the first thing I gotta remember, all the southern guys, all the southern schools are white, no blacks, and the northern schools only have one or two blacks. And this is a problem. Most of the northern schools, if you want to go to, go to school to play football, your father had to pay for your first semester, or someone did. Then after the semester, you went to spring training. If you showed up to spring training and looked like you had potential, you then won a scholarship for the next few years. In fact, one person of of that did that way, as I understand he but check it for me But Jim brown and he he didn't have the money to pay that first semester, but a wealthy alumni from alumnus from uh Syracuse wanted Jim to play lacrosse and he paid for Jim's first semester to play lacrosse and then he went to he went to spring training, Jim Brown, the football player, just ran over everybody and he got a scholarship for the next three years. My brother. Who was the best football player in our, in our family? Uh, he didn't go to college because my dad couldn't afford the, to pay for the first semester. And, uh, and that's what my dad decided. Made, he vowed that the last three children of which I was the last one would go to college. My sister, my brother and I. My sister, my sister graduated from high school at 16 and couldn't work anyway. She went to, to a uh, business school, two year business school. And, uh, okay, and then, and, and, and then, uh, then she came out to eight, she got third, she got a job with a big department store in Philadelphia, store of bridges and once And what's okay. interesting, she was in a accounting department. And, Ooh, and nice. they put it right
2: in the front. Yeah. run that run out time, mommy? No, but uh, they, they put it right in the front
0: where you, when you came to pay your bill, then you saw it. I I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still I'm
1: still in awe that I am sitting here listening to <laughs> the Dave Robinson yeah. explain to me yeah. about everything that
3: I just. Hi, I'm Amy, I'm from Wichita, Kansas.
1: I'm Alex Brown from the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. This is Alyssa from Los Angeles. All right, I'm Andy from Sheffield. This is Chris from Nova Scotia. Hey, this is Aaron Alice from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hi, everybody, this is Henry from Turkey. Hi, I'm Carla from California.
2: G'day, this is Mel from Melbourne, Australia.
1: This is Mick coming from Granger, Indiana. This is Soren Stort again coming to you from Sweden, and this this is Packers Without Borders. This is Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Listen to Two Losers on Packers Without Borders. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcast.
3: And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on Tee Public, Packers Without
1: Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go.
3: Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce
1: and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt.
3: Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce.
1: Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers
3: Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders.
1: We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers Without Borders. You know, Packers... The Packers drafted you uh, in the first round, and um, one one stat. I mean, we've got you got 27 interceptions. You've got three Pro Bowls. I mean, the stats are six miles long. I have one stat though that I kind of want you to explain to me because this one this one put me on my butt. Uh, you played against Mike Ditka, the tight end from the Bears, a Hall of Fame tight end. Right. You played against him six right. times, and during those six times, he averaged one point five catches, one and a half catches a game, and only fourteen yards per game. You shut down the Hall of Fame tight end. Tell me, what was it like playing against that tight end and just owning myself? I I played uh, I played football. I played safety, and when I got an opportunity to get on somebody's superstar, if I shut them down, it was the biggest, it was the greatest thing that I had done that week. What was that like shutting down Mike Ditka? Not once, not twice, but six times.
2: Well, first of all, I'll tell you, I
0: played against Mike in college. He was in, in fact, is a better defense than an officer than, really. But anyway, and I played against him. So I, I, I didn't, I wasn't I wasn't in all of Mike Dickel. We handled him pretty good in college. And Mike Dickel only weighed about 228 pounds. And I was playing, I was playing at 235, 240. So I, I, in fact, I used to get down to 236 when I played against Mike. I have a picture uh, where, where Mike hit a quick drag on me and he threw the pass to him. And I, and I intercepted, I, I undercut him and intercepted the ball. I'm up in the air, I jumped up in the air and picked it. I, I might send it to you sometimes, Bruce, but, but, with bike down the back looking up the ball like, what the hell? On? And I'm picking the ball in the Arnie. But uh, I uh I, I we just I just the way we played I played defensive end in college and we played what's called Oklahoma five four and the way we played that was very similar to a linebacker who blitzed eighty percent of the time. So and when but the back came up to my side I had to cover him in college. So yeah. I, I had coverage in there and I had to cover the tight ends on the quick drags. I'd done all that, you know, in high school and college, so I was ready. I'd have to learn that in pro ball. And but as I say, Ben said that you know the theory was that if you drafted a black guy out of college, he went to he went to a school, he had inferior equipment to practice on, and really inferior coaches. Not counting not counting some of the guys that you know, Coach Robinson, Gramley was a good coach, whatever, but that and so he said. If you draft them, they're thinking of them general managers. They told him, "You got to coach them up for three years." So it, instead of waste that time, you don't draft them to the third round. But he said, "See, when he visited that, he drafted Herb Alley in the first round in 1961, Yeah. and he drafted me in the first round in 1963." And that's what that's what caused this discussion he and I because it was reported that the board of directors called him in on the, on the carpet and said. We think you wasted draft choices, Vince, drafting black guys in the first round. You waited the third round. And Vince said something to the fact that said, you guys handle the finances. I'm running the team. He said, and yeah. he said, and and, 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 and that, and that, that was it. But like Vinnie said, third round, he went to Michigan State. Nobody, not, not another white ball player around had better coaches or equipment to play, practice with. He, the only difference between him and the other guys was, he was an African-American. And I, I, and he said, I thought it was a damn good one. That's why I drafted him. So you went to Penn State. You had great equipment there. He had great coaching there. In fact, Joe Paterno, who was the assistant coach, was also a scout for the Packers. He's the one that yeah. told Vince he did be to draft him. And uh, Joe always joked. He said, I told Vince to draft you, but I not think he was going to do it in the first round. <laughs> but that's, that's the joke between Joe and I. Joe. Uh, he said, so... He said, "You guys are you guys are really? The only difference is the color of your skin." And uh, what any white ball player, I would draft. So I drafted by I dressed by football barely, not not by color. That's what he told yeah. the board of directors, "I I'm the football players, not dressed by color." And that's, how, and that's how Vince was. And plus, Vince had been and knows what it's like to be uh, looked down upon. He should have been a head coach years before. he, he saw it, And he thought, I say too, look at his record. But when when, uh, he was at, after that 1958 game where the Giants and the Colts played the overtime game, Vince went in and Blood to told him, said, Vinny, I talked to you like this. His wife told me this. said, I talked to you like you're my own son. He says, if I were you, I'd take that job with the pre-day package because New York City is not ready for an Italian head coach right now. And that's what Vince went. And then he told Marie, he said, told this, again, this is her talking to me. He said, Marie, the New York Giants will never beat my Green Bay Packers. Now that's hard to say because the Giants had just been to the championship game, lost to the Colts in overtime, and a lot of people thought that the Giants, even though they lost, were the best team in the league.
2: Yeah. But Green no, Bay yeah.
0: that year was one, ten, and one. They won one, lost ten, and tied one. They were considered the worst team in the league. And he said that, and he said that Giants team will never beat my team. You know, he never lost though never lost to the Giants. And that and, and that's a and that was that's how it was. And that the was, other thing was he was the offensive coordinator that dean and the defense coordinator was Tom Landry. And and oh, wow. they got, and so they had they had a little discussion of that uh, championship game. They they got the they received the ball and dropped the three downs. they were four to one. And Vinny said, Go for it. He talked to Jimmy Howe, the head coach and he said, We need to go for it. And Tom Landry told he said, Coach, no, you don't he said Odds are against us. say so you punt the ball and let my defense hold them. And Jim Lee Howe went along with with uh, with Landry. He punted the ball. Johnny Lance got the ball and came down the field, scored a touchdown, and lost the one of the most famous football games in history in 1958. Now, just to just to tell you how the thing goes, jump nine years in the uh, into the, in the, in the future. Now 1967 is now. Tom Landry's Dallas Cowboys against Vista Lombardi's Packers in Lambeau Field, ice cold, minus fifty to sixty chill factor, and we we got a, a sixteen seconds left. Well, we got two down, but it's only sixteen seconds left of the game, and we're on the on the uh, one yard line. And you know everybody knows Bart comes over. Vince Lombardi says he says he he's going to carry because he gets better footy. and Vince says let's run it and get out of here. What people don't know is I talked to a uh, so the Cowboys, they went to talk to Landry. Landry told them when only sixteen seconds ago he can't run a ball, you can't get get up with the clock right run out. The only thing they can do is run a roll leg, a roll out or a bootleg, so he can if he can't run in, he can throw the ball. Only thing he can run. Well, you know what you know what happened. And yeah. uh, then, but went in before Marie said when he came out and she everybody's congratulating, he went to Marie and said, I told you we should have ran that ball. So what do you mean? He said back in back in the '58. I told you any good team could make a yard. <laughs> and she said he felt vindicated. All those years he had carried that in his in, inside of him, that Landry had, had talked uh, the coach in the punt instead of going for it. And he finally felt vindicated. That's what this was. And and he and would he would not lose the Landry. We, under under Vince Bar we lost the Landry one time in an exhibition game, and in that game. And then he played as played starters almost the whole game, and we were playing rookies in there. And then, with was like seconds ago in the game, he called timeout out on our 10-yard line to kick a field goal to add, add insult to injury. And Vince, no. and Vince, every time we played, Vince was shows, that, this is this the type of guy you're playing this week? And uh, he said he was going because that was a salesmanship game where they sold season tickets, and they thought a win over Green Bay, press impressive win over Green Bay, would help sell season tickets for the Cowboys that year. But and no that was an exhibition game, but never in a regular season game we lose to the Cowboys. When that when uh we got ready to play and we saw the Cowboys on the schedule, or we saw the Giants on the schedule, or the Bears, which was three times a year, we knew Vince was gonna be a bear. He would work us like dogs those weeks. We knew it. When we saw the schedule, we check, Oh boy, get ready for that. But he, <laughs> we had, he, and 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 then you know, we went I went to the All Star game. And, uh, we beat the Packers in the All-Star game. And that was the other time. When we went back to the All-Star game, he worked as hard. He says it was disappointing defeat. He worked it so hard. When I went back down to the All-Star game, I went to see the, the autogram and, and, the, and Blue Fingers, uh, uh, Fingers, uh, what's it called? The receiver. And they told, and they, he said, damn Rob, you look thin. I said, man, he's been working a heck out of a lot of luck up there. He's not going to lose. He's not going to lose the All-Star game. We ended up beating 38 to nothing, but it, it, that's he, he did something else. At that all star game, you know, uh, I played for him and he was so uh, disappointed with the, with the, with the loss. He made the whole team sit down and watch the game together and he made comments on every play. So one play comes up where I jammed the tight end and shared him. And then, uh, the running back was Tom Moore. Cody was sick, was that was suspended that year, 63. I yeah. hit JM, him, him, besides, and made a tackle on Jim, on Jim Taylor for about a yard and a half, two yard half hand lock. It was for loss, Anyway. And my body stopped the camera. Did you got see that? See that? Uh, uh, Kramer? Zion Kramer was a tight end. And I said, oh shit, I started getting my shit. He's give me a little going yeah. give me a little publicity. He said, see that guy Kramer? He's just a rookie. And look what he did to you. He said, he won't, he probably won't even make the team he's going to. And I said, oh shit. <laughs> my wife was so crazy with Swim. <laughs> and and uh, Willie wouldn't either. Willie wouldn't even that famous line, "Don't buy a house in town." <laughs> but uh, do you think, a do thing. you think,
1: Mister Rob- Mister Robinson, do you think that might be something that might be missing from today's game? Uh, Vince Lombardi yeah. really uh, uh, forced his will, you know, and he said, yeah. "It doesn't. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if they know what play we're going to run. We are just going to execute better, <laughs> and we are just
0: going to That's force."
1: force it to happen. Do you think that's missing from today's game with these, you know, uh, uh offensive no.
0: schemes? Yeah, I think I think I know what thing. The defensive, uh, it, it I I watch the linebackers, uh, the defensive schemes, but you know, it's 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 a foregone conclusion today. If you can get your halfback one-on-one on the linebacker, you'll probably get a reception, if not a touchdown. I mean, it's just that's what yeah. when I played you know, you know, I, I can I, I without thinking hard. I can remember at least three, maybe four times. I picked the interceptor ball intended for Gale Sayers, and I just covered him all the way downfield. I, I wasn't just, I mean, all the way down. Um, I remember, I, I remember one time I covered Dick Bass for the for the, for the Rams. I, I was a special player. It's, that's a long story. I can tell you. that's another time. But anyway, raining down, with about 30, thirty, forty yards downfield. He threw the ball. I knocked it down. Could have intercepted. I just. But I I I was hurt, so they had yeah. covered Bill Brown all the time, and and covered by the Vikings, intercepted passes out there. I intercepted pass on everybody, John Mackey, every. And in fact, uh, I had but my longest interception was the longest interception the Baltimore Colt history, longest interception in Memorial Park, uh, eighty-seven they, yards, they, eighty-seven yards, right? They they that's they, right. The The Colts are the Baltimore version of Colts. No one can never break that record, 87 yards. But that's, that's they, they tried to they tried to throw the ball over my head to the fullback, and I intercepted it. Now, that's all that's good, right? Yeah. One one downside to that, when I intercepted the ball, I was 97 yards to the goal line.
2: Yeah.
0: I only <laughs> to <took> ten. <laughs> <laughs> and I, <and> I believe <laughs> that on this. I dumb that. with the quarterback, and I hadn't set up. I should have just made my move. I waited for Nisky to come down and block him, and I cut behind Nisky and walking it. And uh, when Nisky finally got there, Nisky wasn't the fastest guy in the world. And he threw the block, and I cut back to the inside wide open. And I felt somebody hit me. Lenny Moore run me down on the 10. Yeah. So I, if I had to go over again, I would say, damn, Ray, I can't wait. I made the move early. But, it, but we won the game very handily anyway. Oh, the yeah. side, side bar. That was a game that Paul Hornung scored five touchdowns for a new NFL record, right? Wow. And, and the, so, so we got back next, we, the next day in the paper, Horning buys every paper in town to so go send clippies back to all his friends in, in Louisville and everything else. He opens up the paper. got you know the paper said for headline, Gail Fair really? scores six. Horning had to pick up <laughs> for about an hour and a half. Gail Fair <laughs> scores six. The eighth day, Horny scores five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we laughed at that. It was, right the day he died, we used to laugh about that. Oh man. Horny's having fun. Gale Sayers, so that's all had to say it, Gale Sayers scores six, and only would talk for the next half hour about it. All uh, right, so oh yeah, I had a lot of good times, a lot, a lot of things, a lot of great times. I, so, I, Mr. I, I, I,
2: Robinson, somebody, what, what, who, who what? was
1: the biggest personality in that Packers locker room? Who was the loud, the joker, the loudmouth?
0: Oh, wait. Oh, I am not know Joker Lama. I don't know. The biggest personality was Vista body, No one was bigger than Vince the body. Oh. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. He, uh Vinny, Vinny, uh, Vinny was just uh, a bear. But Ryan Kramer was the locker room lawyer, Ryan, uh, Mr. Viscuit. He was, yep. but he got traded. After a rookie year, he got traded. And that's a long story. He, he wasn't going to get out of there. But after he left, who was not be his laugh? I don't know who the big guy was that it, 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 it was, it was kind of it, it Willie Wood was something that, in, in the defensive meeting room. Willie Wood. Now, when Vince was there, if you walked to that offensive meeting room, like walking into a mausoleum on board, it was, you could hear a pin drop. If you yeah. walk into that defense meeting room, they're dumping laughter, joking around, and Willie Wood led him. I, I remember one time, I, Willie Wood came to me and told me and explained to me what I should have done on the play. In a, in a scrimmage? And I said, how yeah. you know my assignment? He said, said, how you know my assignment? And Woodward said, I know what every man does on every defense, on every play. He said, that's why I know where my help's coming from and who I have to help. And I said, if this little guy can do it, I was kind, of, was kind of cocky. I said, if he can do it, I'm going to do it. And I sat down the next couple of days and I studied every defense we had in the book to where I knew what every man's assignment was on every defense, no matter what happened, had what he what he did on run, what he did on pass, and drop back. And and, that, and it does make it a lot easier. When, you know with the, with, where your help's coming from, who you got to help. You know, when I, when I got, I came up, I played right linebacker. And uh, then uh, i hurt my leg, and they, they operated on me. And I came back to camp in, in, in May. They had me fly in the green bay, and they checked my knee and see if how strong my knee was after they operated on. And I left, I it a ten o'clock. Check my flew up at eleven o'clock back to Philadelphia. I lived in Jersey then. My wife met me and went to dinner. because I know it was because my birthday. She took pay for my birthday dinner. I out out of a joint checking account of my dad. But anyway. <laughs> I left the there. They brought they brought they brought <laughs> Dan Curry in at twelve o'clock. Checked his day. He had a baby. but well, he got clipped a by uh Tommy Donald That operating hadn't gone that well. And he brought him in and checked his name right. Three o'clock, they traded him to the Rams. And that's and then I so I moved over to the left side after that. So the, I, the one year I played the right side, and Leeway Caffey moved into the right side, and that was it. But uh, <clears throat> I, I, it, it just, it's just a great thing. I, I, my, my wife, I, I told her, and she said, "You were that damn knee. We could have been in California where it's warm. It hey, wasn't meant to be." See when I got drafted, I was dressed by Green Band in San Diego and she told and she told me, she said, You negotiate anything i my own, i agent, I negotiate myself. So you negotiate all you want to, we're gonna go to San Diego. i I hate cold weather. So okay. When the, when they're bidding for a total package, like uh uh one package was twenty four thousand dollars. That wasn't twenty four thousand a year, that was eight eight eight. Eight thousand for a bonus, eight thousand dollars a year for the first two years. And they got up to, they got up to thirty six, twelve, twelve, twelve 12, 12, to get me. Or, or, I, the minimum wage in the league at that time was $7,500. So I could take $20,000 of bonus and $8,000 a year for two years, that'd be sixty total of 36000 I could get anywhere I wanted to. Anyway, at that point, uh, Al Davis was negotiating for San Diego with me. He was a, he was a chief man for Sid Gilbert. And, uh, and he and I take my wife to to dinner with Al Davis. And after he heard, she heard Al Davis to beat this thirty-eight, thirty-six thousand dollars. And he told me, he said, "I got a twelve thousand dollars check right here now. I'll give it to you if you sign." And uh, well, I said, "I can't sign because we had to go to a bowl game." And he told me, informed me that all the guys are going. to sign it. A the contract is dated the thirtieth of uh, December, thirty-first, and you get your check now. Uh, Instead of you know, anyway, it wasn't right, but I thought I wasn't gonna do it. And on the way home she said, You mean you could have gotten that check? I said, Yeah, but it's not right. She said, Right, wrong. We could have got married. <laughs> I said, well, you gotta work that <laughs> right, baby. I see that. I see that right now. <laughs> anyway, and then we got the third oh this is a real point. Got the thirty yeah. eight thousand and, and Al Davis called me and told me that they had signed the first two draft picks and they're out of yeah. money. They couldn't afford to pay me. So they said, we, we want to get Green Bay's first round draft pick in the AFL. So what we're going to do, we're going to trade you to Buffalo because they got money in Buffalo and they're willing, they willing to pay. They told us to negotiate where we got to negotiate and they'll pick up the tag. And so I called my wife and said, baby, San goes out. It's going to be Green Bay or Buffalo. And she said, Buffalo. She said, I've never been to Green Bay, but I've been to Buffalo. You can go where the heck you want to go. She didn't use the word Hector. I said, okay. Oh, hey. And I wanted to go to Green Bay all along anyway. And I went, I went to Green Bay. That's how I got to Green Bay. She was determined. She hated cold weather. And mm-hmm. then the devil turned around with the, with the had come back and they traded Dan Curry to the Rams. Again, she got back. You and your knee. Why couldn't you a little bit? We could have been in Los Angeles. I said, I didn't know they were going to trade in Los Angeles. I mean, I not know what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> My wife, she hated cold weather. Oh. Said, in fact, now, for the, for the ice bowl. She and her, she and her, uh, Bob Jeter's wife went in at halftime, and the ladies room was real warm. So what they decided, when everybody went out for the second half, they stayed in the bathroom. And when they heard the crowd <laughs> roar, when they heard the crowd roar, one of them would go out. Like, Bob's wife would go out first come back in and say, we just scored a touch a, a, a long path. And they said, the crowd will roar again. And Bob wife would go out and come and say, we got first down on the 15 or something like that. And then they come in Anyway, then there was just one real big roar. And she went out and said, We won the game. And my wife said, Good. She cut up her, she said, She got up her little hat and then went, went right to the car and sat in the car. Usually she, well, I cut out of the locker, she beats me out at the locker in a little area there. I came and said, Where's my wife? Didn't mm-hmm. find her. Looked in the, the parking lot and I saw my, the motor was running on my car. I knew she was in the car. You then knew
2: she was, was in the car. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I just, did, I didn't say. Hey, this, this is, that, 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 this is all about the ice ball. I, I got lots of stories. This is amazing. We were, in, we played, we played in St. Louis that year. And a guy who played that undefeated team in high school by junior year, he lived in St. Louis. He came down to the hotel and told me, said, you guys get to the playoff game, championship game. I'm going to go to the championship game. I've never been to Green Bay. I said, I'll save you two tickets. He said, fine. We shook hands on it. Well, the day, the, the, the day of the ice ball, I woke up. It was 20 below zero. We had planned on leaving. He really after the game and drive it back to Jersey. If we lost the game, then the whole family, take the boys, we we'll would all drive to Jersey and stay at home. If we won the game, we we drive, uh, we drive without drive, I'd fly back. and GB went over the car. The problem was, see, if we won the game, I had to go to, I had to, I had to go to the, uh, the Pro Bowl. And she didn't want to set around, she didn't want to set in Green Bay, <coughs> right, with the kids for a whole, for two weeks so while, what was for the Pro Bowl? So, we are going to go home either way. I, uh, I think it was two weeks. I don't know what it I don't know what it was. Anyway, uh, I get, I'm, I'm got, she, I got up. She told me it's 20 below outside of it. Nah, you must be 20 above. It can't be 20 below. She said, it's turn the radio on. It's 20 below. Sure enough, it was. I go out, and that year we had a garage that year. The heart, we ran the house with a garage. But I was so tired the night before. I had to get to bed at 11 o'clock because I wanted to be up fresh. I left the car out, parked up to, to where I loaded the back.
2: Oh, no. And I
0: went out in the car, wouldn't, wouldn't start. And I called and uh, called a cab and put my kids in the cab, sent them to the babysitter. And I called the, the, the gas station, jumped my car. He said, I was 110 on the list. He said, you got going to wait you get to me. I said, Well, I don't want to go. And I saw this guy pulling in to, to the house next door. He's going to see his girlfriend. Went over and asked him, but they take me to the stadium. He asked his girlfriend, and she said she had, she she Told him no. Came to I said, so. I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I'll give you two tickets to the championship game. If you take my wife and I to the game, and I and the, 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 I called the, the garage, and told them the keys would be in the car. Just started driving to the stadium, put it in the part in the in the players' lot, and then slipped it and, and threw the keys underneath the floor back. because my wife had a spare set of keys. Anyway, the guy goes this girl pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him the tickets to go to the game. I'm worried. I don't say nothing to Dubai. I told my wife what we did to, to Hank, my friend Hank. 30 years later, we're at a uh, class reunion in the high school back in Jersey, and Hank is there with his wife. And I'm, 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 I'm avoiding you know, it. I say any minute you about them damn tickets on what I want to say. And then my wife came back laughing. She had been talking to Hank's wife. Hank, for 30 years, was worried about me told him because he had to stay in Fond du Lac, in those days, see, you're blacked out for 75 miles. Fond du Lac could get the TV out of out of a, a Milwaukee or 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 Chicago or something. Then he came down he came down in the lead and went to check out. The guy said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to the game." The guy said, "Oh man, it's just 20 below zero out there. We we're gonna have a game on in the bar. Sit there, and you had have drinks, food, everything. Don't worry about it." So he. Watch the game in Fond du Lac at the bar at the hotel. Oh. He's afraid to tell me he didn't pick the tickets up at Will Call. I'm afraid oh. to tell him there weren't any tickets at Will Call for 30 years. Then we sat out and we laughed about like that. <laughs> with this, but, it, but it, and, and all because of the wives. But that's how it was. It was it's funny. Yeah, that's fantastic, Mister Robinson. Holy yeah. smokes! Well, you know,
3: I want you you mentioned the left side and you've got a book uh, by the same title. So we have been able to get that on, on digital for you as well on the Kindle. So people can go to Amazon and find your books there. Obviously you've got um, several signed copies. So, just tell us a little bit about the book itself and, and, okay. um, so we can start moving that because we're going to try to get these books out okay. for people that are, I mean, we did get a lot of requests. So let, let's let kind of
0: tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. Well, the book is a, basically, we were going to write the book with, with Willie Davis. See, we, we consider ourselves the strongest left side in the National Football League ever. Willie Davis was a defensive end. I was a linebacker. Herb Addy was a quarterback. And, and, uh, uh if the, it went to wrong formations, Willie really Wood would be the safety behind us on the weak side. Yeah. You know? Now, you look you know, when you were you looked at that right side, if you were a off a quarterback in line up for the ball, you, and most quarterbacks call their own plays, most quarterbacks are right handed, so it goes to their right, area to defense on the defense is left side. If you if we if we were if we were shifted and Willie Wood was shifted at, at safety, you had Ray Dishke, Dave Robinson, Willie Davis, Herb Adley, and Willie really Wood, five future Hall of Famers on the field at one time on one side of the ball, almost half that defense. That's why in, in 2 Bowl 2 I talked to Daryl DeMarco. He said that his coaches told him, don't throw the ball to the right at all. Keep, just keep going work on the left side. It, people, didn't, That's what the, and i not saying. I say it, and it may not be true, but I feel that I would have more than 27 interceptions had people thrown the ball on our side. People didn't throw it that way. They didn't do it. You know, and, and, uh, but, and then yeah, he had to fight for everything he got. And then, and the Super Bowl two, Daryl didn't, like Monica didn't. And then the fourth quarter, he said he thought, he told me, I went to see him because we, we had played together. And he said, he he said he thought he had, he had lulled us to sleep. So he went to the car on a quick post or slant or something. Herb picked it, ran in for the first touchdown and defensive touchdown in Super Bowl history, Super Bowl two, He was still shaking his head about, I, they told me, don't throw to the right. Don't throw to the right. And that gave me insight to what other coaches were saying about our left side. Our left side was extremely strong. Louis Davis ended up writing a book on his own called Closing the Gap or something. So he backed out a book. So it was just Herb and I. On the, and what we called it Lombardi's Left Side. We only had the title for the book. And it's a big book. And Herb talks about – Herb was later traded to uh, to uh, Dallas. He talks about the dips of Dallas. Dallas Dallas couldn't win a dilly wing contest. The Herb got down there, and a, a couple of guys from the Dallas Cowboys told me they they knew Herb taught them how to win. And, and, and you know, you know, racism passed as many heads. He said Herb said he walked in the locker room. All the white guys on the right, all the black guys on the left in the locker room. They lockered that way. The locker room was segregated, so to speak. And when he was saying that when they traded for uh uh forrest gray came in
2: and uh
0: and uh uh one of the guys every day now said that they Herb and Forrest back right in the middle of the locker room, we were hugging and prepared to see each other and he said to himself he said we won't win a championship if we get that kind of relationship on our team and then right Herb taught him one year Calvert Hill was leading the league in rushing and the league sends out a paper every year, every week Who's leading the rushing, interceptions, passes, all, all stats on a sheet, And they put the sheet, back the sheet to the bulletin board, board in the locker room because Calvin Hill was leading the, lead the league in rushing. Someone wrote the N-word up there with an hour, pointing at Calvin Hill's name on the bulletin board. board. Mm-hmm. And he said that the Dallas Cowboys let that stay up for the whole week. No one took it down. Stay there. And that's it. And Michael Herb said. You he do have to do something.
2: You know, and that, and that, Mr. Robinson, everything yeah. that
3: you lived through has paved the way for these guys today, and it is an oh. honor and pleasure, really, talking to you. Um, you have been more oh. than gracious with us, and we will definitely um, work with you to get those books out. Obviously, we'll 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 touch base offline okay. so we can help you with that to make sure that we get these signed copies. Um, I know, you know, we talked about this where you can possibly personalize things. So we'll get through this for you and we'll make sure because really this has been an honor. And We're going to work with you on this to, to get these books out. And we've already got some interest. And obviously, I want
0: a copy. I know Matt wants a copy. I want one. I so, want one. So, uh, well, here's, here's, what I'm gonna, here's, here's what I plan to do. I'm going to send the cop, the regular copy of the book and one of the signed copies of the book. So you see the difference in the two. I'll just, I'll send it to, uh, the, I'll get, I'll just send it to Bruce, so that's what I'll, well, who, are you, who want to send it to. On his the address, and I'll send it, UPS ASAP. And yes, you'll sir. see him, and then you can, uh, and then you can see what, and, and, uh I, and, uh, and, and I talk about the price you are, but I only have a hundred of one books, so I, 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 I sign with someone. but I got it, I've been selling them for a hundred dollars, so. We'll you yep. get, get, So you go, see, see what you think about them.
2: And yeah, we'll take a look yeah, at
0: yeah, sure. it. I'll get I'll get it in the bill at the bar Sounds yeah.
1: great. Sounds great. Okay. Well, uh, right. uh I I am excited about this book. I uh yeah. I Wow, the some of the insight and stories, Mr. Robinson, I mean, we we yeah. have to have you on again soon and <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. we can uh yeah. uh maybe we can even play a game or two um it has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to speak to you sir and let me tell you uh, y- you are revered by fans everywhere and this is one up in Canada here. I, I will say this okay. the ice because I am Canadian the ice bowl isn't that cold. I'm just going to say that.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> you know I was gifted by Montreal too you know. I just oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, yeah. Go, I, I that, they were my first choice. So I a fan at that time in 1963 that the Canadian dollar was only sixty-five cents on the dollar. I told them, they they offered me more money than anybody else, but it's only they were they were only sixty-five cents. Well, unless I moved to, Canada, moved to Canada, and I was not there. So, yeah, so no, no, they they dropped out of bidding early.
1: I'm yeah. I'm closer to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.
2: Oh yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm right in the dead middle Mark. of the prairie where you know I, I joke with Bruce. I say it's so flat out here that you can stand on your back deck and you can watch your dog run away for three
2: days.
0: Yeah. Have you? Did uh, you follow? You, followed, you followed oh. the football You, 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 you know, remember a guy named Frank, a linebacker named Frank Robinson? So Frank his, Robinson? His, his yeah. 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 That's my That's my nephew. Oh, that's oh, hey. That's okay. What happened? The league, the NFL, started going big. And Frank wasn't that big. He's only like six one. He's only played like 190. And yeah. they, so they they started going big with linebackers. And he passed him. He's a hell of a linebacker. I saw him playing Killeen. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and, and and he he played. He, he won a he won a great Cup. I think he won one in in uh, in Winnipeg. One in Kentucky, but he's won three. He he played yeah. about three great Cup games or something. Yeah. He's a, he's quite a guy. Yeah, he, oh, he yeah. was a. And he, uh you know another thing. His mother, his mother brother was Larry Burton, who was a first round draft pick for the New Orleans Saints. That's why he went to Tulane, cause his, his uncle was there down there, and he was a oh. first round draft pick in the Saints. So, and I was his other uncle. He had two uncles in the NFL. Although um, don't, don't, don't repeat this. This is just to treat us guys.
2: Yeah.
0: His uh. Yeah. His 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 other uncle uncle Lawrence. Uh, uh, Burton, you look him up. He could could go to the middle. At the heart the size of a mustard seed he could not he take the hitch. And it, or the the word was up he was world class. Now he was yeah. a up for the up for the, a big Olympic sprinter. But uh, but he uh, I, I don't think he went to Olympic. He was, I don't know if he did or not. But he was big, bigger than, and he was playing as I was. My career was ending and his was just getting started. And that's why. Uh, my nephew went down uh, to uh, Kaleen, played but Heck, heck was of a player. Yeah.
1: Hmm? He was uh, a, he's that? a heck of a player, heck of a player.
0: He can, he he can really play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw him play, with in the end of his career. he played at the, the Hamilton Ticac when I was living here in Ohio. And I drove up to the game. Went we saw him watch him play and visit Toronto and all. We had a good time. But I saw him play. He was a good player. And yeah. he, he Play was just too small for the NFL at that time. It, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah,
1: The CFL prefers the 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 smaller, quicker linebackers. You know, it, it's it's it, it, it's funny. We have a lot of uh, we have a lot of CFL fans up here that are uh, you mm-hmm. know they're hardcore mm-hmm. CFL fans, and they say things like, "Oh, yeah. well, this guy could this guy could play in the NFL," and I'm like, "Well, have you seen the NFL linemen? You know, these aren't mm. little guys. These are monsters.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah, and a quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. one thing yeah.
1: when I transitioned um, from uh, uh, major league football to uh, uh, university level. The uh, yeah. I, I was one of the faster guys on my team in the major league, and then when I went to the university level, the linemen were keeping up with me, and I played safety. <laughs>
2: that's that's
1: when I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's
0: I, oh, yeah. So. yeah, I love Kevin, I love Kevin, yeah. And what was what the no, Space Needles that sit in, in Seattle? What's the one in Toronto that the the, the you know, the you weather? Yeah, the, look, the goes up tower goes up the top or something. Yeah, it's the CN you, tower. That's it. Yeah, never got, never got up there. Yeah, restaurant up there and everything else. My I, wife is scared of height. and yeah. she wouldn't go up. Oh,
2: me
0: she too. She not go up. I no,
2: there's <laughs> there's no way. I got
0: a lot of
1: pictures from yeah. the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah. went, we went to, we went to the Niagara Falls, and and, and, and we and she was drive the ducks where they are down and down underneath the where the falls come down.
2: Yeah, She wouldn't do
0: it. Yeah, so I never, never got that deal either. We, uh, oh, I know. And, and they had a, a thing where you could slide out, go on a on a wire over the phone. And get the tram it went up. She wouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh. And, and yeah, you know, I, I maybe get maybe get the get to this discussion. If she didn't want to do it, we didn't do it, no matter what it was. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> so you know, you, know brought, you know what the boss asked family was right. Yeah.
1: I, I have the exact same philosophy Mr. Robinson I yeah. believe yeah. that uh you know I'm afraid of heights and if the Lord wanted me up there he'd make me taller.
2: <laughs>
0: give you <give> wings. <laughs> I to hear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I talked about but I you. I'd love to read about the letz too. He was one of a kind. Yeah. Oh absolutely.
0: That's absolutely. Her
2: All right. It has been okay. a okay. Well, I'm absolute honor to like 30 up. of them. Yeah. Yes, yes sir. sir. It yeah. has been in a, 1- uh, 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 hey, you, let's Go one. ahead. You know what? I'll tell you. I got
0: pressed on paper. Once you give me that. Why don't you give me that uh, uh, address, of where I should send the books, and I can maybe get them out today. It's only 1- one oh, thirty. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you a call here
3: right after we hang up here, and I'll give it to you offline. Um, we're gonna. Okay. We're gonna do that. I don't. I don't want people listening to know where I live then,
0: you know. <laughs> we are, we are tra- trying to, you're, worried, you're worried about the federal marshals,
2: that's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment, <laughs> why, but yes. Yeah.
0: That's why I didn't give mine up to you. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. You must oh, know more right about, about know. All well, right. right, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it, pal. Talk to you later.
1: Absolutely. Yes, Thank you so much, sir. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go.
3: Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide. Cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.
0: course, the Green Bay Packers are the only team in history to win three consecutive World Championships. They won. Yes. We won '65. Jimmy Brown's last game against the Browns. Then we won Super Bowls one and two. But
2: yes.
0: it was also done in '29, '30, 30, and '31. It was also done by the Green Bay Packers in 1929, 20, 19, '30, 30, and '31. So the Green Bay Packers have won the NFL Championship twice, three times. No, twice, three times in a row. And we're very I, I, proud of the fact.
1: That we they are my favorite team. It is why I, yeah. I mean I had no I had no choice with my dad and my grandfather <laughs> being from Green Bay. Yeah. It was either a Packers fan or I would take up knitting. Is what I was told.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this. Here someday I'll explain why. Because I talked to some people there, but I really feel that if we had said Vince had not retired, we would have won Super Bowl three. Uh, I think so. sure Shula was, was a great coach. John was great coach. But he made some serious mistakes in coaching for that game, yeah. and I talked to I talked to his players that, and they, they he he we won so easily thirty five to ten and 33-14. He thought it was going to be a walk of the park, and you know, all he had to do is show up, and yeah. and it just wasn't. And he yeah. he just he coached that way, and yeah. yeah, like I said, shit goes downhill. You coach that way, the players get that way. Exactly. And, uh, I, I can tell you the story. I don't want to get into it now it's Getting late. But, you know, he didn't start. Don United didn't play, and he was healthy. But, but, you know, here's one thing you guys got to remember: Shaw and and United. Don Shaw was a defensive back, and and United was a quarterback on the Baltimore Colts team.
2: Yeah.
0: And Don Shaw retired one year and got the head coaching job the next year. Yeah. So he and John, he went from being John's teammate to his boss, and they had friction the whole time between the two. Yes. Of course. And that and, and yeah. that, that bad team making some very, very bad uh personnel decisions in that Super Bowl. Okay, this I am gonna I, that's, that's, that's that's all that's a story for another time. When it's not Absolutely. Being
1: Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. We I are can. in. You sit. you take Thank care you. of yourself, sir. Thank you very much. Thank God bless you, Thank Mr. You. bye, bye. bye. We'll
3: touch base. Bye
1: bye.
2: Thank you, right.